So, um, shall we just rise and then welcome one another into the house of the Lord and just greet one another? Okay, please be seated. Okay, share with you some uh, important announcements. Please. Okay, I've talked about this last week. On the 7th of October, the churches in Singapore are coming together at National Stadium. It's a big event to seek the welfare of the nations, to come to, to pray. It's a prayer and fasting uh, Sunday afternoon. So, the entrance is by tickets only. Tickets only. Uh, we have gotten the tickets. At the end of the service, just go behind there and Chiu Meng will give out the tickets. And then uh, encourage us as a CG, as group, let's all come together as many as possible. We have only 20, uh, 200 tickets. Let's use up all the 200 tickets so that we can go join the churches in Singapore to pray. The last time I went there to pray, it is an amazing experience the presence of God, together united with all the churches. So please, come, collect your ticket early, and then uh, after two or three weeks, we will be giving back any leftover tickets because there are the churches who want to go, but they are not able to go because they don't have enough tickets. So we have requested this ticket early. So please, uh, do it as soon as possible at the end of the service on the 7th of October. Okay, next. This is what we want to do come together to seek the welfare of the city. Next. Okay, today being the first uh, Sunday of the month, um, please stay back for uh, fellowship. Lunch will be provided. We welcome you and then join uh, together the fellowship together. Okay? I would like to invite uh, Pastor Kokfai right now to, to invite uh, somebody to share testimony. Yeah, I'm very glad this uh, morning to be able to invite my a very, very old friend, you can show the next slide. Is it up there? No, one more. Okay, uh, Jason, to come and share his testimony with us. You know, just Can you find two very cute boys there? One cuter than the other. Okay, uh, I'll leave you to interpret who is a... Okay, just click, click, one more. Uh, so one is Jason, one is me, and it's so obvious who is the cuter one, right? Um, but uh, about a year ago, um, Jason, Jason's wife, Michelle, called me and said, oh, Jason is sick in hospital in Mount Alvernia. So I went to, to visit him and I was totally shocked by the sight. That was how he looked uh, a, a year ago. Um, and couldn't, couldn't talk, was bedridden. And uh, I'll leave him to tell the story. But uh, it was such a, a shocking sight that I really expected that soon after that I would receive another call and this time to his funeral. Uh, but not so, not so. And a, and a year later, I found out that he was all well. So I quickly invited him to come and share his testimony uh, with us. So now, Jason, would you come? Thank you, Pastor Kokfai. Uh, this morning I was here, standing on top, 
but the audience are totally different. <laughs> Good afternoon to all young people. You make me feel very old. <laughs> but thank God for you. You have the energy, but you still have the faith in God. That's why you are here this morning. Instead of sleeping like my daughter. And <laughs> okay, uh, I worship at St. Andrew Cathedral. Do you know where is it? City Hall. Eh? I came to the Lord in 2003. I don't know where you were born. <laughs> Maybe I think it should be. One year after baptism, I was diagnosed with lung cancer and had surgery to remove the affected lung. A couple of months later, I nearly died of septicemia, which is um, blood poisoning due to my ruptured gallbladder. But the Lord was merciful and He preserved my life. And I was able to serve in various ministry of the cathedral for the next seven years. In 2011, my health suddenly turned for the worse. I grew very weak and was unable to sleep at all. I had to take tranquilizers and sleeping pills every night just to get two to three hours of sleep. Then I developed symptoms of Parkinson's disease. I don't know where you heard about it, uh, which made me very uncomfortable and frustrating. I went for many prayers and healing services, some by evangelists, but to no avail. I then entered into severe depression and lost interest in everything and just lie on the bed the whole day. My condition worsened and I could not eat at all due to indigestion. I went for many tests, but the doctor could not detect the cause. Then I suddenly developed blocked ears, like when you go out of an airplane. And, but this is permanent, which was so unbearable that I had difficulty swallowing my food and medicine. I had to, I had to lie down most of the time. Shortly thereafter, my salivary glands around here uh, failed to function, and my mouth was overflowing with saliva all the time. Then I, I cannot talk anymore. We consulted many top ENT surgeons, but they cannot find the cause, and they found no answers. And all they say that uh, there's no cure, I have to live with it for the rest of my life. And for the next six years, I only had one piece of bread and one cup of Milo at 5 a.m. every morning. And that was done with great difficulty and would just lie on the bed the whole day, staring at the ceiling. Nobody at home, I'm so lonely. My body started wasting away, and from 80 kg, I was quite huge then, I was reduced to 38 kg of skin and bone, which you have seen just now. During the initial years, we prayed fervently for God's healing, because the doctor did not want to see me anymore. Even if I don't pay money, they also don't want to see me. But God was silent, as I experienced great difficulties in eating, sleeping, talking, and clearing my bowels, the basic function of a human, the Hokkien saying, must be able to eat, 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 everything cannot, cannot even talk. I lost my will to live on. I just see no purpose of living on day by day like that. So I tried to end my life by taking all the sleeping pills. I got a lot that was available to me but I was not able to swallow enough pills to uh, 
and so it was not successful. Even trying to end your life is not easy, really. My subsequent prayers for the next few years then was for the Lord to take me home. Every morning I wake up, I will pray, Lord, please take me home. But he, did, he remained silent. He just doesn't want to answer my prayer. In 2017, like Kofi say, I experienced very painful, excruciating pain in my throat and could not swallow at all. I was admitted to hospital and a biopsy was done on my throat and confirmed that I got cancer. And now again, cancer, that stupid disease. The doctor wanted me to go for radiotherapy treatment, but I told the doctor I want to go to hospice instead, which he refused to let me go. I was too weak, too tired and downcast to fight on anymore. I requested to remove all the drips, the tubes, everything from and wanted to go home and die. Of course, my wife, Michelle, my daughter, like you so young, they were very sad and they cried. Just to appease and satisfy them, I went for another uh, MRI test to double confirm the biopsy result. And it's not a miracle. True enough, there was a 3 by 3 by 2 centimeter big tumor in my throat. We left the hospital the day after, and that was the most trying period uh, we have to face, as there was no more doctors, no more nurses to look after me, no more doctors to give me directions. We were totally at a loss what to do. I was also very weak by the stay in the hospital. I thank God that he gave Michelle, my wife, enormous strength and also wisdom despite her demanding work, office workload to take care of me and the household. We do not have domestic helper. Uh, those who have domestic helper will know. It's so easy to call the helper to do for you. As caregiver, she suffered many times more than me, especially mentally. I thank God that over the years that I had driven her to desperation and near mental breakdown, she managed to survive those ordeals. Those who are or have been caregiver will understand what I'm saying. Maybe you're still young. The early morning one, most of them will agree. A month went by. Michelle refused to give up and persuaded me to consult our previous oncologist for a second opinion. Reluctantly, I agreed and went, and I had a full body PET CT scan done. To our greatest joy, this time, no cancerous cells were found in my whole body. I don't understand why, so I don't be bothered to understand. Praise our, the Lord for our miracle. And I found renewed hope to live on. I began to eat more and regain weight. And to my amazement, my blocked years were, after so many years, were also healed miraculously. I do not need to lie down a bit anymore. But I still could not talk as my salivary gland was still not functioning. On 4th of February 2018 this year, my friend prayed for me through WhatsApp. Wow. That morning I saw, I affirmed his prayer. I said, Amen. Replied to him, Amen. And I just knew that the Lord will heal me on that day. I just don't know why. I just know 
And true enough, I was healed on that day. Thanks be to God for His mercy and grace. For the first time after seven long years, I was able to worship the Lord as a family at the cathedral again. What an indescribable joy. I never expected that would ever happen again. When I was healthy, you know, when the rain suddenly thunder, ah, sleep again, no need to go to church. But when after so many years, I cannot to be with the house of the Lord. It's really very miserable. So when you're healthy, please come to worship the Lord. Michelle and I were greatly blessed to be able to attend our first church camp after 15 years in Malacca Hatton Hotel. I think some of you were there too. During ministry time, when our pastor prayed for me, I could feel God's presence and clearly hear God speaking to me, not from the air, but through our pastor. That he knows and understands all the sufferings that I've gone through all these years and that he still cares for me all this while. Both of us, the pastor and I, we just wept uncontrollably. And at that point, I had full assurance that God is always with us all the time. I'm indeed grateful, grateful to our Lord Jesus that I can now resume my role and responsibility and as a father and a husband. When I was very sick, my daughter was still in JC. And when I was well again, they are not working. We are now able to spend time as a family together just to be able to go to the coffee shop downstairs for a meal together. It's really a great blessing to us something we are unable to do for years. So I know, but please be with your parents when they are still around. Now my daughters, you call them to go out also. They got their friends. But I understand that. I now truly count my blessing. Last time we always say count a blessing. But I now truly count my blessing after going through all this. Grateful to the God for each and every day he has granted me. Really, it's, every day is a bonus to me now. To be able to speak here is also a bonus. But we, do not, we take that for granted because we are healthy. Now, our church is also facing us back into ministry duty and to connect us into a cell group. Now, it's very important to be in a cell group. Over the past month, I've been sharing my story on a one-to-one -one basis to my friends, church mates, neighbours, whoever come into my life on how God in His grace mercy has healed me. Now, all were very encouraged and urged me to testify to more people. I felt greatly burdened, but at the same time, I was very convicted. Your Pastor Kofi has invited me to share here twice and wants to do a written testimony. But my answer was always, I'm not ready. Please give me more time. I don't know how much time I have. I pray to and seek our Lord for guidance and was admonished, was warned, in fact, to go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how much He has had mercy on you. It's not my words, it's God's word in Mark 5, verse 19. It also dawned on me then that the Lord has restored me to be able to speak again so that I can testify and glorify Him. That's the main purpose. Thank God I'm here to do that. 
I also thank God for all my friends, churchmates, pastors, and family members that stood by and journeyed with me with their support and prayers all these years. Even though my prayers were not answered, but the prayers of other people, my pastor, my family members, and friends were answered in that way. So the power of prayer is still very important. In closing, I would like to share from the chorus of one of the songs we sang during our church camp at the night just before I was ministered, which deeply impressed upon me. I, know, I think you all know that song. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Forever God is with us. Forever. Obviously, when I sing, we just, forever God is faithful. But this one truly hits me. When I lost all hope, and my faith was shattered. God is still faithful to me. He loves us. When I was physically, mentally, and spiritually at my weakest, God is strong and powerful and mighty. He can do the impossible, which we think cannot. When I thought God has forsaken me during all these years of suffering, being so quiet and leave me alone, He assured me that he is always with us. Now, my prayer is for those who are going through very difficult moments, trial, illnesses. Maybe you are all young, but you still have your problem. I understand from my daughter, you are even more stressed than our generation, millennial generations. Your studies, your work, the pace is going so fast. You also have a lot of temptation from the world. So I pray, whatever your situation may be, your circumstances may be, do not give up hope like I do. Even I give up hope, God doesn't give up on me. So do not give up hope, but to persevere on. For God is always with us, with you. And will see you through in His time and by His way, not our ways. Our God is always good and great. All glory be to God and our Lord Jesus. And thank you, young people, to, for your patience. And I ask God to bless you and may the Lord be always with you in everything that you, you do. And keep growing up in faith and trust in the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jason. Michelle, <clears throat> for coming. Not just one service, but two services to testify about God's goodness. Yes, the journey is long. It is difficult. But that God walked through with them. Why are we having this healing prayer Sunday service? Because we believe in what God has asked us to do. In James, God says what? Those of us who are sick, come. Come in the context of the church and to pray for healing to pray for healing. That's what we want to do. And I believe that God still heals today and God wants to heal. As you have heard from the testimony of Jason, God is here. Not just physically, but I believe that it is also emotionally and more importantly, spiritually. Spiritually also. And that's what we want to do this uh, Sunday morning. We always have it on the Wednesday night once a month at the beginning. of. But once a year, we move it to the Sunday to give more opportunity for great, more people to come to God to seek for His healing. But before we 
open up the time of prayer for healing. We want to look at another healing encounter. This time is by our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have the Bible, you turn to Mark chapter 2. Recently, our young adults, um, we conducted this outing with the foreign workers. hundred over of them there at uh, Santosa. And during that time, besides playing games with them, they also act out the scene of this particular uh, encounter that Jesus had with a paralyzed man. In chapter 1, Mark, Jesus just healed a man with leprosy. Now we move on to chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. A few days later, Jesus came back from Capernaum and news spread that he was at home. Whose home was it? We are not sure. Maybe the home of Simon Peter, maybe the home of people that he knows. But Mark knew the author at home. So many people came together, there was no room left. All packed up. Not even at the front of the door. Jesus was preaching the message to them when four men arrived, carrying a paralyzed man to Jesus. Because of the crowd, however, they could not find, get the man to him. They made a hole in the roof right above the place where Jesus was. And when he had, they had made an opening, he let the man down, lying on his mat. Yeah. Many people were gathered there. The place was filled. Cannot go in. Somewhere, we don't know how far, there was a man who was paralyzed. I, I, I just sprained my ankle with the crutches. I move around. I find it very, very inconvenient. I couldn't imagine people who, who, who couldn't walk at all, both legs. And here, I believe this man, because someone had to carry him, he was totally uh, not able to move. And it's very difficult here. And then somewhere, maybe he had... Him and his friends have heard about this person called Jesus. That Jesus is available. Jesus can heal people. So, with this particular hope, the friends brought him. And it's not easy. It is a long distance here. To carry a man uh, across the football field, it's not that difficult. But to carry a man across from Clementi to Jurong to Changi, it is a totally different story. But these four friends... Um, they carried him. In fact, they have someone named these four friends. What are the names of these four friends? Compassion, Cooperation, Originality, Persistence. This is the name of these four friends. Because later you see, it, it came out from these four friends what they mean to them to bring their friends to the Lord Jesus Christ. So someone gave him the nickname. They face these big obstacles here. The crowd, instead of stopping there, but they decided to find a different way. They went to the side of the house, climb up to the roof. Today, you cannot do that. You cannot climb up there and then you start knocking, okay? You, you cannot do that today. But in the ancient time, Ken, the, the roof was flat and the roof was made of mud and then there were straws and the straw tiles and strips of wood so you can able to dig through. So they find a creative way, move to the side there, bring it up, and then they dig a big hole. They dig a big hole there. And guess what? Jesus was teaching. And suddenly, you see crumbs falling down. And then there was a hole. And then the sunlight shined through. And then the hole got bigger and bigger because it went was in a mat. 
it has to be a pretty big hole and it gets bigger and bigger. If you are the owner, you're thinking, good night, I'm going to patch it back. But it was not recorded here. But they were creative to find ways to bring their friends to Jesus. They got very persistent. And then they bring it down to Jesus. And it must have shocked the owner. And let's look at the response of our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. And seeing how much faith they had, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My son, your sins are forgiven. Okay. First of all, Jesus didn't rebuke them. Why do you interrupt? Why do you interrupt here? I'm in the middle of teaching. Why such interruptions? No, he didn't rebuke them. But Jesus saw the determined effort of their four friends as a visible evidence of their faith in Him to heal. That's why Jesus see their faith demonstrated through their persistence and the originality, their compassion, their cooperations to bring their friends down to Him. And then Jesus talked to the men in a very interesting way. What did He call that man? My son. It's a, it's a sign of compassion of our Lord, endearment of a compassion of my Lord, my Lord, uh, our God, Jesus Christ, towards a person. But instead of saying, my son, get up and walk, what did Jesus say? My son, your sins are forgiven. They didn't bring him for his sins to be forgiven. They bring him to, for Jesus to heal him. But Jesus see a deeper issue, a deeper problem here. You know why? Because in the ancient time, when people have a prolonged sickness, particularly with paralyzed, a uh, 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 person that is paralyzed or person that has leprosy, they view it as because the person has sinned. Therefore, it's a judgment of God. So this man, growing up, growing up, having not only not able to walk, but having living in shame and condemnations from himself, from the people around, feeling that I'm condemned. So his deeper problem here is that how can I able to resolve this shame that I have? Jesus saw through that particular area and Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Jesus wants to forgive him. To take away his shame because Jesus recognized there is a deeper issue also. In the same way, you and I, as much as we seek God for healing, physical healing, we also recognize there is a deeper issue, the emotional issue as well as more importantly, a spiritual issue that we are all separated from God because of our sin. Jesus didn't just want to redeem a temporal situations and leave the eternal condition untouched. Jesus wants to heal. That's why Jesus declared to the man, your sins are forgiven. And that man, at that moment, he didn't have to wait until he died and meet God, but he had God's present assurance of his sins forgiven. Same also today. As much as Jesus offered the man forgiveness, Jesus offered forgiveness to all of us too. But some, there are people who are not happy. Let's look on. Verse 2, verse 6. Some of the teachers of the law, the religious law then, they were sitting and thought to themselves, how does he dare talk like this? This is blasphemy. In other words, this is totally disrespectful against God. God is the only one who can forgive sins. At once, Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he said to them, Why do you think such things? 
Is it easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, pick, take up your mat and walk? I will prove to you then that the Son of Man, referred to himself, has the authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, pick up your mat and go home. While they all watched the man got up, picked up his mat and hurried away, they were all completely amazed and praised God, saying that we have never seen anything like this. Why were the religious leaders upset? Why were they upset? Let me give you an example. Okay, let's say I have a quarrel with Janahan. I offended him. I scold him big time. and even punch him. So I've offended him. And then Darren came along, looking at our two quarrels. Darren said to me, said to me Chiming, your sins are forgiven. Hello. It's my problem with me and Janahan. I have offended Janahan. I didn't offend Darren. How dare Darren have said? Unless what I have done to Janahan affected him. So when Jesus said to the man, your sins are forgiven, he's saying that your quarrels, your, your situations against one another, it's against me. And not only that, your situations against God is also against me. In direct, so Jesus, when he claimed that your sins are forgiven, he's claiming himself to be God. That's why the religious leaders say, you are a man. How can you claim to be God? That is blasphemy. That is totally un- not right. So Jesus knew what is in their heart. But Jesus still wants to help that man. First of all, spiritually. Secondly, he wants to help the man physically. So Jesus gave them the proposal. Which is easier? To say to the man, get up and walk to heal the man or to say, to the man, your sins are forgiven. If you are there, visibly, which do you think is easier to do? Visibly, human level, forgiveness of sins is easier. Why? I don't need, I have any physical evidence that your sins are forgiven. I can just say the words. So, but actually, both are equally difficult. In fact, the other one is even more difficult because there's a price to come with forgiveness. But to the minds and eyes of the par- to the leaders there, the healing of the paralyzed man seems to be physically, uh, visibly more difficult. So Jesus said, in order to prove that I can forgive sins, I'm going to do this part. He said the man, get up and walk. And the man was healed instantly to show that he had the power to forgive sins. He had the power to forgive sins here. So Jesus here, show something. He wants to forgive our sins. But at the same time, as we have seen from the book of Mark, earlier chapter and this chapter, He also wants to uh, heal us physically. Heal us physically in this area. So what do we learn from this passage here? Next. First thing, that Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. Why? Because He is God. All the offense is against Him. But He didn't just forgive sins like that. There is a price to pay. What was the price? He paid it at the cross. Just now we partake of the bread and wine. It talks about His sacrifice. How His sacrifice, where He took on the sins of the whole world on His body and his, He paid that price, the thing that separates us from God so that now we can come to God asking for His forgiveness. So Jesus has the authority to forgive sins because He is God and He died for you, He died for me. And secondly, next, is that Jesus 
has the power and the desire to heal us. That is why they come to Jesus and Jesus here demonstrates that He wants to heal them. And thirdly, Jesus' healing here is in response to the faith and prayer. Whose faith was it for this time here? It was the faith of the four friends. And I believe that men also have some faith. As to just now we have heard from uh, bro- uh, Brother Jason, when he had lost faith, his friends, including his wife, didn't lose faith in God. God continued to pray. And God answers their prayer too. God answers our prayer. And that's what God wants us here. God can heal and God does heal and God do want to heal today. We have heard God's healing in the life of Jason. We have read about God's healing of the paralytic. And throughout Jesus' ministry, He performed great healing miracles. Why? To glorify God and to encourage us to trust in Him, to bring us to Him. And the Bible also Ask us to pray in faith as a church. Let's look at the passage here next. In James, I mentioned briefly, let me read this verse here. If anyone among you who is troubled, you are troubled, come, pray. If you are happy, sing worship songs. Let them sing songs. If you are sick, call upon the elders of the church and to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of Jesus. Of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. God will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Here is in the context of a church. It's what we are doing. This special healing prayer service is to provide a opportunity for us to come before God, those of you who need prayer for healing. And then come, let the leaders pray. And that's what we're going to do later on in this area. We've heard the miraculous healing about um, Jason, but we also heard the suffering that goes on seven years. Some of you may ask, why seven years? I don't know. And it was not easy, but God's grace was sufficient to him. But at the same time also, I want to mention other teachings of the Bible about this area of healing. Although God can heal, we must never presume that He must heal. Now, He must heal in the way that we think it is best. We must heal in our own timing. We must not forget we are coming to God. He is God, not us. And better still, He is our Heavenly Father, a God who cares for us. He is there. He will provide us the grace while we wait for Him. We do not know why, but sometimes God wants to grow our faith. But God promised one thing. His grace is sufficient, just as God had promised Jason. His grace is sufficient for us. And ultimately, even if we are not healed, ultimately, we will be healed when we meet the Lord personally. Because we know Death has come to this earth because of sin. They will overcome everybody. By the meanwhile, we also understand Jesus say, come when you're sick. Pray in faith and believe. Have faith to believe that God is our healer. So today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to open the, the time for prayer. The elders will come and pray. The altar minister will also be here to pray. 
If you have a sickness, physically, emotionally, come to seek for healing. But if you are not sick, but your friends who are not able to come, you can also pray in proxy on their behalf. Come, and then we can pray together. So, I'll invite you. I'll invite right now, first of all, the musicians to come. And I invite the, the elders and the altar minister. So, those of you who are not well, and you're seeking for prayer, either for yourself or for people, uh, on behalf of people, this is a time where we can just come right, and seek the Lord together. Let us pray. Lord, as we come, we want to come in obedience, in response to your calling for us. When we are sick, we come and ask for your healing. Therefore, Lord, may you come, guide us through this time. Be with us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.